Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for Hello, and welcome to Season 32, Episode 10 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Kimmy. I'm Joey. I'm Kurt. I'm Mo. And today on this episode, Jim in Oregon asks how being a quiet player can be an advantage. Steffi from Scotland shares a story about knowing when a player isn't a good fit. And Jolene defends playing Monster Hearts at conventions. If you'd like to contribute a question or story to the show, please, please email (laughs) us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We have a very tiny amount of emails and I'm getting very stressed out about it. Send me your emails. Yes. Announcements. We have a lot of announcements today. JackerCon, our free annual community-run online gaming extravaganza, is coming up July 21st to the 23rd. Last I checked, there were 20, there are 16 games all there. Most of them have a bunch of people signed up. There are still a lot of openings though. So if you want to just game, you do not have to run something. Go to happyjacks.org slash discord and you can Join the Discord, sign up for the games. If you want to see all the games in chronological order, the best place to go is happyjacks.org slash community games. And you can see the whole updated agenda of all JackerCon. Click on specific games, see the descriptions, all that stuff. So go ahead and join. Super fun. Doesn't cost anything. The great community. Safety tools are used. Just go play games. Come play cool. with us. Play more games. Yeah, exactly. Now. Super exciting. Woo-hoo. Multiple <laughs> games by Happy Jacks crew members are up for any award. <laughs> so here's our desperate plea for you to vote for us. So Decima by me. What's Decima? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is up for the you best. Heard of Decima? It's the, R- it's the R&D for your RPG. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay, you're, you're ruining my thing. <laughs> it's up for best aid or accessory that's non-digital. There's two accessory categories. One's for digital. Once for non-digital, please click on non-digital and click Decima as your top choice. It's like ranked voting, so you can choose multiple things. Also, we have Wild Sea by Ray, who was in my Lord of the Rings, The Unsung Tales campaign. And that is an incredible, incredible game that is actually being, I think Transplanter RPG is doing a game of that. I'm not sure. I have to double check. It's but awesome. It's, it's beautiful. so beautiful. And it has some really evocative characters and like, Situations. Yes. And it is up for best writing. Mm. So that is primo and it's amazing. That's that's a big deal. Yeah. And Carbon Gray, which was worked on in part by Jameson, who's been on here many times, has run some different campaigns for us, is often on the advice show, is up for best production value. It's like this whole like beautiful like kit you can buy with a box set. It's just fantastic. Ooh. So please support your Happy Jacks friends and go vote for our products. Obviously, like if you really think they're the best. Or if you just don't know, because you can vote for them. But anyway, um, if you don't have an opinion, <laughs> just go vote, vote for, for us. us. Anyway. <laughs> There's your opinion. Yeah. You can go to any-awards.com, and that's E-N-N-I-E, if you don't know what that is, and to vote. And voting is open from now until July 23rd. Now, it is based on your IP address. It's a little annoying, because if multiple people share a household and the same IP address, 
you can't all vote. So one of you take a trip to Starbucks <laughs> or something and vote. Log into your phone. Yes, because me and my husband could not both vote for me from the house, which was really annoying. So I'm not encouraging you to do multiple voting from different IP addresses because like it wouldn't you know have a computer the work? difference. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, or if you, you have, have a phone on a cellular connection. <laughs> right. So or a VPN. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. <laughs> but if there's multiple people in the same house, so please remember to try and all find a way to vote for us Yay. specifically. Otherwise, I don't care if you vote. <laughs> Being honest. Um, so yeah, thank you. That's very exciting. I am blown away. I sent Decaman and is like, eh, it'll be fine. There's so much stuff in this You missed 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. It was, it was 100% one of those. I might as well do it. Yeah. I literally, like, someone posted in one of the discords I was in, oh, don't forget. Any nominations close in four days is like, cool. Soon. <laughs> be great. So yes. Sweet. Yeah, very exciting. Cool. Now it is still July. So we have our indie designer of the month, Allison, aka Draz. You can find her at drazillion.itch.io. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, I talk all about her in those. So check those back too. This week we're talking about foretold, which is spelled like the number four F-O-U-R. Told is a solo journaling RPG built on the Caltrop core system about being a seer to royalty while secretly also being a revolutionary and hoping to overthrow them. (laughs) It is about balancing your duties with your desires without getting killed in the process. Sounds like a day job. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I've noticed a lot of Allison's games are like about balance, like balancing Mm -hmm. like yourself with what your your honor and and things like this. So it's very interesting. It's fun. I'm not going to steal this idea for a new character. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not up my alley at all. (laughs) Also, you just need to play this solo journaling game before. Well, yeah. I love homework. Yes, I know you do. Sad and sick. And I say that as a teacher. That hurt. (laughs) All you need to play is multiple four-sided dice and a handful of tokens and some sort of journal or other method of recording things. Uh, The PDF is only nine pages long and you can get it for $3 on itch.io. And again, that's Drazillion, D-R-A-Z-I-L-L-I-O-N dot itch.io. All right. I'm done talking now. Somebody else read the first email. Okay, I'll do it. Mailbag one. Question. How would a quiet player go about turning their shyness introversion into benefits for themselves and others around the table since approaching said traits as weaknesses to overcome just isn't working? Play by posting is certainly an option when the energy for real-time socializing isn't present, but seeing the faces of newly minted friends as everyone comes together again to build upon a shared story has its benefits play by posting can't duplicate perfectly. If being quiet, rarely speaking unless spoken to first, can make the story building easier and more rewarding for all involved, or how would the one being quiet do so? Sincerely, Jim in Oregon. It's a very good question. It's an ex- excellent mm-hmm. question. I don't know if anybody at this table particularly has experienced this as ourselves. I was going to say, this is the wrong table <laughs> for that question. But I think all of us have GM'd and worked with people who are more the style of player. Yes. So I do think we still have wisdom to impart, even if it's not self-experience. It's observed. Yes. Right. I have two quiet players out of the five in my current campaign. Mm. And I mean, one of them's the rogue. So it kind of fits that she's being all sneaky and and stealthy and and not drawing attention to herself and such like that. And the other one, he can be a remarkably funny guy, 
but he waits mm-hmm. until that moment to lay out the zinger mm-hmm. that just kills the rest of the table, mm-hmm. right? And he's just that that solid rock that everybody gets to sort of depend on. And that can be seen as uninteresting, except when the rock gets shaken. Mm-hmm. As happened very recently in our game, where he's playing a ranger, he has a pet hawk, and somebody attacked his hawk. And he went, like, ballistic, and has been having a bit of an existential crisis about that sense and it's like okay what does this actually mean for me and how, how do i deal with this and am i not really the quiet easy go it's been an interesting thing to, to play on that the rest of the group has been helping out with to varying degrees because you know what happens when your bedrock gets shaken mm-hmm. that can be a huge thing for the the entire story yeah mm-hmm. i think i've had a lot of moments where even if it wasn't usually like a, a player who was quiet, but if a character who's usually quiet suddenly mm-hmm. speaks up, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the reverse of, I tend to be very loud. So it's when I get like just boisterous, like joking in front of my class a lot. And then it's like, when I am really upset at them, I get very quiet. And that's when they all know like shit has gotten real. <laughs> yeah. When I just stand in the front and just wait and look at them all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you ready? And they all are just like, Ooh. I'm going to go now. <laughs> right? You got to teach a look. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, have, being a, someone who is quiet and having a character who's quiet and then getting very loud also kind of commands that same amount of attention because it's so different and it's yeah. out of place and it's out of the norm of what people know. So it's, it's a very pow- powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the biggest benefits to this is there are ways to make this work for you is to build it into the character itself, build it into their backstory, build it into who they are personality-wise so that it's not a hindrance, it's just who they are because people are this way a lot of times and there are a lot of reasons for that. The pitfall that I'd be aware of is make sure to spotlight share to that player right, very often right, yes. right, right, right. because if they're not speaking up, they may not have that, that same amount to grab the spotlight. So make sure to throw it back to them constantly. One thing when we were during uh, quarantine, we were playing that masks game. One thing that Rose did that was fantastic was we had a character in our group that was a little more quiet, a little more just really excited to be there, but wasn't very outspoken like a lot of us were. And she was constantly just throwing it back to them. Like, what is your character doing? How did your character Mm -hmm. feel about this? And I thought she handled that really, really well, especially for a digital game where you're not there and have that energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were about to say. I think this was a big problem during COVID when everybody was playing online. Because I can see when Joey is ready to talk. I can see when Kurt is full of something to say. You don't catch all those personal cues online. And I think online and in person, you have an opportunity. Because, like, okay, people are like, oh, Mo is uh, very outgoing. And he goes around and you hear him talking on podcasts and all that stuff. But, you know, if I go to a con game and I don't know anybody, like, Sometimes you're just like, all right, let, let's fill this out and figure out like if we want to be here, how much energy we're going to invest in this, <laughs> you yeah. know, the whole thing. And I find that if everybody knows each other, like I'm even more the outsider. And so personally, from a player perspective, sometimes I just raise my hand mm-hmm. mm. and it just gives everybody opportunity to say, we don't know you. Okay. You have something to say. You haven't felt comfortable jumping in. 
And you could do that online too. As a character, that is pretty interesting. And I don't know how far you want to be quiet goes, but you may want to talk to your GM about kind of helping you stay in the game. If, as they say here, you are rarely speaking unless spoken to first. And some GMs might say, oh, it's too much work. But oftentimes, especially if we're in multiple games, we're in games with people we know, and there is already an investment of personal and emotion. And, you know, your, your people will help you out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I want to pull us back to the topic real quick, because we are giving a lot of good advice, which I think is important. But it's specifically, like, what are some of the strengths of those players? I think that sometimes when they are a little bit quieter, I've noticed mm-hmm. that a lot of players like that sometimes miss detail or catch details that other people miss. Yeah. yeah. I've had moments where I was playing games where suddenly someone who is more of a quiet player suddenly was like, oh, no, but remember four sessions ago, this thing. Yeah. And all of us who were like talkers Wait, are like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was too busy thinking about what my character would say next to mm-hmm. notice that particular detail four right. sessions ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that's a real strength. And, and leaning into, like, just listening. A lot of times they have a better idea of the full functionality of the party and mm-hmm. how people work together better mm-hmm. because they aren't so busy thinking about what they're going to say. Has that been your experience, you guys? At different times, yes. I mean, you do have the quiet player who just, who's just quiet and just stays, hangs back and, and is not particularly proactive. But you do, I have had those players who, who have pulled the, and not just for, like, Remember six months ago when we did this thing? No, no, I have no memory of that at all. <laughs> like, you know, no, it's here in my notes. That here, yeah, it was this thing that we. Oh yeah. Oh, my, and as a GM, yeah, you're like, I was like, yes. <laughs> Somebody was paying attention. No, for me as a GM, I'm like, oh shit, I don't remember that. <laughs> I mean, I've had that reaction yeah. too. <laughs> But, but I think that's yeah. that's sort of often kind of the superpower of, yeah. of wider characters like yeah. this. I would agree. I like being a note taker, mm-hmm. but the minute I start like RPing, RPing, mm-hmm. right, right. I don't know. Sure, <laughs> right. Yeah. Where'd my notes go? Yeah. I don't remember that later. I, Spoiler: I, He did not. <laughs> <laughs> I actually tried in a previous campaign, which unfortunately fell apart for completely other reasons. I actually tried playing a quiet character. Mm. Now, those of you who know me know that this is <laughs> like pushing water uphill. Right. It, it was hard. It was a, a legitimate challenge for me that I was welcome. I was welcoming. Mm-hmm. I was trying for it. I was trying to be the gruff, silent type person. The, the guy who sits at the end of the bar and everybody just sort of like, what's mm-hmm. his deal? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, right? It's an interesting challenge for people who are extremely outgoing people to try as a character and and explore that mm-hmm. explore what the advantages are to that i created a character in, in a larp that i was in who was completely nonverbal. he did not speak at all mm-hmm. just to see if i could do it <laughs> i kept the character going for a while so it, it seems to work yeah and and then there's the whole question of is the character supposed to be quiet mm-hmm. if you're playing the leader and you're quiet like what exactly does that mean? And I think on the one hand, it's often cool when the person who's quiet has been paying attention and enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. But if they are engaged and they don't have all the details, 
like that's also not their fault. You know? Yeah, right. It's not like, well, what were you doing here? Because yeah. <laughs> you weren't talking. Yeah, I think it's really important to not conflate being quiet with not being engaged. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Because I think there's a lot of people who are very engaged and just aren't like verbally interacting. Yes. And I think there's a difference. Like if someone's quiet because they're sitting on their iPad playing other games, like that's different, that's different than being a quiet player. Right. That's being an asshole. Right. But I think a lot of times as a GM, it's really easy to just assume they're not engaged or not paying attention when it may be very much the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I think I know we're going back to going giving advice and not so much talking about the strengths, but I think that's an important thing to just note. Well, going along with your question about if they're meant to be the leader. Right. right like, I, compare and contrast two fictional characters who are both silent. Mm-hmm. Snake Eyes mm-hmm. and Black Bolt. Mm-hmm. Right? Snake Eyes is not a leader, but everybody gets along with him perfectly fine. Black no. Bolt is a leader. Well, I mean, to a certain degree. Black Bolt is supposed to be a leader. How is he a leader without being able to say anything? Mm-hmm. Right. Here's where it gets difficult because you're looking at characters who are not yeah. verbal versus a well, player who isn't. So, like, for me, yeah. if I were to play a non-verbal character, yeah. say, like, I was going to play an astromech droid in a Star Wars campaign, yeah, astromech's not going to talk. It's not a lot of beeps. I'm going to be saying a lot of things as to far as what I'm doing, okay. what I want, what I'm expressing, what I'm trying to do, because I am a verbal player, yeah. even though I'm playing gotcha. a non-verbal I, I, character. I may have been missing that new, that difference. We are talking about the quiet player, not the quiet character. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of times I think one often leads to the other. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference is, too, and this is something that I've really struggled with while I've been, like, working on my game Starscape, which is based on, like, episodic, like, TV science fiction. There's a big difference between a character that is, like, written Mm -hmm. because you have that omnipotent control to make other people understand it. And to so when you're writing a TV character or a comic book character or whatever it is, you've got that element there. I can make a scene make sense because I get to create the end of it. Mm-hmm. Where when you are role playing something out, it's an interactive improvisational activity mm-hmm. where if I'm writing a comic book about a character who can't speak, I can absolutely make them work as the leader because I also get to decide what everyone else does. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you don't have that control and at a Table, even if everyone's buying in and trying to like do that, it's hard to do that. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I've been trying to do like design combats that feel like Star Trek, but combats that feel like Star Trek are almost impossible to role play out because Star Trek always comes up with some weird thing. And like Mm -hmm. you can do it. It's hard though. It's like one of those things I've been struggling with. So I think like a lot of times we point to characters in fiction, but it's so hard to replicate that at the table. Yeah. It can be done. And I think quiet players absolutely can be leaders of the party. We all have kind of that stoic, especially military care, like leaders. A lot of times we can look at who don't speak very much, but when they do, everybody listens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you can absolutely set that up at the table. I think that takes a lot of buy-in from everyone. Because if someone who's more verbose gets frustrated with that, then that can lead to table problems. Yeah. But again, like if that person is not always busy trying to think of what they're going to say next. They might actually be making better decisions than people who seem more theatrical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was actually just going to say that too, like in a, uh, another kudos to a quiet player, usually because everybody else is talking, everybody else is performing. <laughs> they have more opportunity to start planning ahead. Yeah. They, a lot of times are also the planner. They're the one who thinks, okay, well, we could do this. Here's the problem. Here are three different solutions. And here's a yeah. fourth solution that no one's going to see coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So that's another really, really great benefit is let the talkers talk and let the walker walk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think there can be a lot of really great strengths. A lot of times those players are also able to have rules like right at their fingertips. I've noticed that. Mm -hmm. That's not all of them. (laughs) But a lot of times they're like, oh, no, because sometimes they're able to flip through the book and like find things. I'm not saying you should assign them to be your book. Like, yeah, you know. Don't make them the healer of your group. Yeah, don't, don't do that. But a lot of times they, like, sometimes it's like, oh, we need to, I think this works like that. A lot of times they sometimes are, like, flipping through already. Like, I've had players who are quieter, who when we kind of weren't sure on a roll, would just kind of automatically start flipping through the book and find the page. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, no, this works like this. And they're like, okay, great, perfect. Thank you so much. I'm kind of on their own. I feel like that's something players like that are, are apt to do, but not always. But that's another strength. Yeah. All right. Good question. Thank you very much. Mailbag number two. I will start this one, very least. Mailbag two. Oh, what dramatic and flamboyant welcome will I bestow? None can be fitting for such a crew of individuals, so I shall fall back on my roots and give a traditional Scottish greeting slightly edited for American prim and proper sensibilities. <laughs> Yo, fuckers! <laughs> it is I, Steffi, and I come to you with a horror story that took place in session zero. Wow, shit. That's right, they hit the ground running here. I will drop back out of the Scottish. First, the characters in the tale of frustration. Our main character, let's call him Terry. He applied to play in one of my games. Me, the amazing and ever humble GM. The other players, let's call them Camilla, Bonnie, and Helena. Three vocally femme-presenting players who I played with or spoke to before. There were a few flags within the recruiting process, but I put it to communication problems and that he was a little annoying. It was nothing gross or problematic. The main one was he didn't seem too excited, but I put it to messaging him when he was busy. Then we get to session zero. The fact that he casually brings up that he was in jail is annoying. It's not a problem that he was in jail. My assumption was traffic tickets and getting lippy in court or something maybe shoplifting for survival in rough times. None of my business. It's the fact that he interrupts me going through setting expectations. I was talking about how I answered ghosting, and that's why he ghosted on his last game. Put that to the hardships on online gaming and not being able to tell when someone is finished talking or pausing for breath. But good to see that excitement to bond with the group. We get to the character introductions, and I'm zooming, zoning in and out as he goes on and on. I'm hungry. Maybe it's because I need to eat. He can't be that bad. Sounds like he's reading one of his emails to have to jack. (laughs) (laughs) I confirm his main points, which I do in three sentences. Precise. Unlike my emails to have to jack. (laughs) He confirms. When I ask if I missed a major point, the answer is no. We lost five eternities listening to that monologue. Where three sentences would do. Well... At least he's excited. We continue. I feel for this guy. (laughs) We get to how the team came together and where everyone answers a question to create the joint background event. Helena goes first. She sounds a little unsure about the details, but got a good idea of the main point. Terry interrupts. He literally repeats her idea back to her. Then he brings in an element that destroys Bonnie's character concept. Bonnie speaks up and points that out. He tells her to listen and continues to talk over everyone. This is when I decide he's out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a thought in my head before this, 
He was a bit annoying before, but now he has talked over a bunch of vocally femme-presenting people, repeated their ideas back at them, and dismissed their concerns without listening. I decide to have a break after these questions and do it then. For now, I interrupted him, told him that we will not take away Bonnie's concept, and ask Helena to go over her question again so I can get it in my notes. It wasn't for my notes. It was to give Helena her idea back. Thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. Well done. Well done, yes. Next up, Terry's question. I think maybe I should call the break now, but that might seem too obvious and pretty and petty. (laughs) Let's just get through this. And I zone out when he is reciting his novel, where he is puppeting the other characters and making his conflict more bigger and powerful than everyone else's. Once he stops, I call for break and disconnect rather than just mute. I think several brain cells just died. (laughs) I reach out to Camilla as the person least involved to check that it went down the way I thought it did. Before I could finish typing, she sent me a message saying he's a bit difficult. I kick mm-hmm. him off from the server. I sent him a message saying he's not the right fit for the group. And then I messaged the group telling them I kicked him out and we'll be back in a moment. When I get back, everyone is so nice, thankful, and validating. We continue the session zero, having much more fun. And Terry's credit, he hasn't responded. So maybe not a horror story. Because it had it had a happy ending. Even for Terry. I'm sure that he's happy that he isn't in a game of people that don't listen to him. I wasn't going to email this story as, to me, it felt like another day on the internet <laughs> where I can't use a gender-neutral username as a shield, but the reaction that I got from the others made me change my mind. I don't know how to phrase it. Gratitude. Impressed. Safe. Comfortable. None of these words catch how big this was for the other players. And Terry didn't come in shouting abuse or literally stalking people like some horror stories I heard. That's why I want to share the story. I want people to know that people like Terry will suck the joy out of your game and you can kick them out for your well-being. It's awkward, but it's worth it. Steffi. Less. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Sounds like not only did you do the right thing, but you got the best possible reaction or lack of reaction mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you are never obligated to give up the fun of your game for the comfort of one person. Oh. And even if it sounds like Terry was like engaging in good faith, like they wanted to be part of the game, they just had a lot of problematic things that they're used to. Sounds like there's a little bit of like embedded misogyny there. Which is very common, even in people who intend to be good people. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like there were a lot of red flags that you were graciously trying to overlook. Maybe don't overlook so many of them next time. But I can see why you did it. And then the fact that you realize, like, once he crossed the line, it's like, nope, I'm not comfortable with this. My other players are clearly not comfortable with this. Like, putting up with that for Terry's comfort is not worth it. And is a norm of the past where femme-presenting people all needed to be uncomfortable and put up with stuff to make the like masculine-presenting people more comfortable. And good on you for not putting up with it and good on you for like standing up for it. And I think, honestly, as a femme-presenting person, that is really rare still. A lot of times it is expected that we kind of make room because, oh, you can do this. You can, you're so good with people. You'll be okay. Like, oh, I'm sure like... A lot of work trauma involved <laughs> in my answer here, but 
just talk with it. I'm sure you can make this, you know, just talk with them. I'm sure you can get them to do part of the work, blah, blah, blah. And I think the reason you got such a great positive reaction is because it's really rare for someone just to see those red flags and react to those red flags immediately rather than making fan presenting people go through a couple sessions until it got really bad and they felt really awful about it and they quit. Right. Which mm-hmm. is often what really ends up happening, especially right. in gaming spaces. I've seen so many times things happen like this where people have a sense of common purpose, a sense of community, and you just want one more player. Mm-hmm. And you bring the person in, and I'm going to give Terry the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say Terry was just on a different page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know and don't game with people who like doing it away, and they come in and they say, you're doing it wrong. And it, it feels like giving Terry the benefit of the doubt, he was trying to make it funner for everybody. <laughs> Your fun is wrong. And yeah. this is really why I play indie games. Because if we're going to play a game we've never heard of, we have to start and ask these questions. Mm-hmm. There's almost a, a minus one level game where it's like, what are we doing? How are we going to do it? Like, and then we get into session zero when we agree to come to the table Mm -hmm. and have a type of game. It's culture. It's Mm -hmm. fit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times indie games do have a very different mindset just sitting down. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a little bit of a different attitude towards approaching a role-playing game than people who have only ever done more traditional games. Mm -hmm. And it's not 100% the case, but if they're willing to try indie games, if they're willing to try things that are a little bit out of the box, a lot of times that replicates their attitude towards working with different types of people also. They're a little bit more, I'm willing to work out of the box mm-hmm. and things like that. And that doesn't mean like all fans of traditional games are that no, way. not at all. But a lot of times people who only will play these traditional games and look down on indie games do have a little bit more of that fixed mindset where they're less flexible about being accepting of people. I think that just applies in life for people who are less flexible about things in general. But I think the New York Times recently coined a, a phrase about it's a beige flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beige flag. That. Yes, mm-hmm. I heard that on public radio this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it may not be a problem. Yeah, it, it, but like, but but keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I do appreciate that Steffi was willing to at least get through the session zero to a scheduled break yes and use the scheduled break as the time to break things off Mm -hmm. because while you didn't necessarily owe anything to anyone's feelings to kick terry out it probably was just easier to do it that way yeah for Mm -hmm. a number of reasons that i think you already are aware of so i won't enumerate and and, and let's enumerate them yeah a lot of a lot of men are desperately afraid they're going to be embarrassed Mm -hmm. and in interactions with fem types and a lot of fem types are desperately afraid they're gonna die (laughs) you know and it's just like yeah sometimes just taking a side conversation and not making it a public conversation Mm -hmm. is just easier for everybody but Kudos to Steph for like nipping it in the bud. Yeah, she did a great job. Not Mm -hmm. wasting everybody's time and losing her community because. Yeah, yeah. I think by doing that, you that she was protecting her players. Like, not Terry. What is it? Yeah, Terry. Like it. 
comes up, like, I can see why people would be like, oh, that was nice, it, like, to, so, to, for his feelings. But it's like, no, she was saving her femme presenting players from having to deal with him if he had some sort of outburst, mm-hmm. if he used some sort of slurs. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen. She also protected herself from dealing with that yep. by kicking him right. and then sending him a message. He could have replied, but then she could just block him. Like, there were a lot of very smart moves in that particular sequence where she was really watching out for her players. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you have to do. You have to to take those moments because it's one of those things I, I was really, okay, I'm going to get super real. Everybody be prepared. I'm sorry. So when I found out I was having a little girl, I was scared. I didn't want a little girl, honestly. I love her and she's the best thing in my whole life. But like, I was really scared. Like as a woman growing up and being a woman in the world, like, there's an element of being prey. Yeah. And I just am always scared because of the things I've gone through, because of the things other women and femme presenting people I know have gone through. It's it's a terrifying concept. And you know something terrible is going to happen to them at some point, no matter what you do, because of yeah. that. So, you know, she's either going to end up being a woman or she's going to end up being trans. And there's some sort of, no matter what, there's going to be awful things that happen. So, okay, I'm getting really too real. But... So there's very much that mentality. And like, like you're saying, Mo, that, that fear of like <laughs> some people being afraid of being embarrassed, some people are afraid of being like dead or victims or yeah. attacked or yeah. whatever it is. And even online, that attitude is permeated and is there because all it takes is someone losing, you can say sticks and stones, but no, those words really do impact you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they stay with you and they make you afraid to try online gaming another time. They make you afraid to go to that convention again or any convention again. So those things have lasting impact. So the fact that Steffi like made some reasonable accommodations, gave some chances, but then very smartly was like, nope, this is the cutoff point. Yep. And then handled it so well so that she completely insulated her player group from what might've been a very bad reaction. Glad that it wasn't. Glad they just like faded into the black and never responded. But it could have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is the blueprint for how to handle this kind of situation. It was handled perfectly. Yeah. It was to the point. It was exactly what needed to happen. It was handled really, really well on your end, on your players' ends. Like, I love wanting to check in with that player and then mission you beforehand. Live for that. That means your group is very, very cohesive and understand each other, which good for you. We love that. But yeah, blueprint. This is exactly how to handle the situation. This is how I'm going to go to if I ever have to handle the situation. Like, this is literally going to be my step-by-step. Oh, that's a, I don't know what to do. Does this work? Hey, it works. Yeah, yeah this is a great way to handle things in Discord. Absolutely. This is a checklist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're big fans, Steffi. Well done. So, yeah. All right. Now we're so, like so, rocking so, through yeah, things yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Hearts, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do the other heart. This works for me. Uh-huh. I, I, this it, it doesn't look like a heart to me. Heart I mean, yeah, like, it looks it, like a gang sign. Mm. Does it? <laughs> what he did. What I did? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what I like about it is that the thumbs grab, grabbing onto it, to, at least to my eye, looks like a clotta. Oh, yeah. yeah kind of oh, I can kind of see that. Yeah, so, right. yeah. Uh, Those of you listening to the podcast, we're doing, like, heart hands, like, the different yeah. variations on them. But depending on what fingers you use, it looks... It can um, look like extremely yeah. purposeful. I, also, I, we're not easily distracted. Reverse. No, not at all. <laughs> hey, there's a, a mailbag three. <laughs> and right. let's talk about, about hearts. <laughs> All right, this one's mine. All right. Mailbag number three. I'm always surprised to hear so many hosts talk about the hesitancy of playing monster hearts with strangers at a convention because I really can't imagine how else you would try a new game like that. Yeah. Like, 
My experience is everyone at cons telling me I have to try it. For years of me saying I never want to play that game. And then when I finally played it at a con with a bunch of strangers, it turned out to be one of my favorite games ever. I understand the idea that it's a game and can be about vulnerability. But it's all what the players bring to the game. And I've rarely been in a game where it's about that. Like many games, if you want to use that game to explore other things, you can always set that up in the concept aim tone. That's cats, by the way, at the beginning of the game. That's a safety tool that you can use where you set up the concept, the aim, the tone at the beginning of the game. Cat app. And that way everyone's kind of on the same page. So we all know like what the rating of the game is going to be, what you all want to do, kind of make sure all the players are on the same page at the same time. That's all me, not Jolene, but yeah. I've even used it to play games of Riverdale and Gotham High and also played X-Men in it. Long story short, I'm glad I listened to my friends because without ever playing it at a con, I would have likely never played it, ever played one of my favorite games. The other benefit of playing at a con, in my opinion, is it's way easier to just leave a con game if the vibes vibes aren't good than a game with friends. Yeah. From Mm -hmm. Jolie. Yeah, that's accurate. (laughs) I could not have said it better myself. I love Monster Hearts. I think it's a great game. You have to understand what the game is going into it, and you have to understand the IPs that it's based on going into it so that you don't fall into those pit traps of rehashing your high school trauma. Because yeah, you could, it's a game you can easily do that in. Don't. <laughs> yeah. It's not designed for that. You can do that. Yeah. Sure. You can do a lot of things. Yeah. Don't do them. I feel like people fall into that. And I think that's kind I think of the fear. Really I easy. think people fall into that when they don't understand the ideas behind it. Mm-hmm. Because if you, as a homosexual growing up in the 90s, and early 2000s, <laughs> I grew up on Dawson's Creek. 90210, now Loving Riverdale. Um, all those CWWB shows, I love them. And they're so hyped with drama, I live for them. Monster Hearts does that so, so well. If you understand those touchstones, you can see every single one of those characters from all those shows in each of those playbooks. Like in all PBTA games, they're all stereotypes, they're all archetypes based on the IP that it's molded after. Go into it with that. Go into it like, what archetype, high school archetype do I want to play? How is that being represented in this game? Don't play yourself. (laughs) Don't know. Bad. Or or even worse, what you wanted to be. Oh, Oh, no, no. Because I I wanted to be the queen, and I was the queen, and I lived for the queen. But don't... We know, Joey. (laughs) Work. Don't play the character you think other people saw you as in high school. Mm -hmm. To overcome that. Right. Yeah. If you were the loner who didn't really feel they had any friends or were super, super artsy and don't try to play Jughead (laughs) unless you really love that character and can separate your high school experience from his high school experience. Or maybe you had a happy high school experience. Right. Or that. But some people have those, right? I mean, I was too busy to have a negative one. Yeah. And there's the the trope that those people who loved high school had shitty lives ever since <laughs> but who you know who peaked in high school kind of thing i have watched a couple of ap's of monster hearts including what happy jacks did mm-hmm. and a couple of others and i've tried to like it and i read the book and it's not for me and that's okay and that's yeah. fine i'm not trying to shit on anybody else's cupcake yeah it it's not for me I am glad that you had a wonderful experience of it with total strangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because that gives hope, honestly. <laughs> that just, yeah. Well, I think, okay, honestly, like this email sort of, and especially what you just said, Joey, really makes me think, okay, maybe I will try it. I don't know if I want to try it on like a stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mostly because like I'm a mandated reporter and like yeah. <laughs> un- <laughs> underage sexual yeah. stuff and role playing that out is probably yeah, not a great no. thing for my career. But approaching it like a Dawson's Creek, yeah. I could do that. Yeah, that's I, all it is. That's so much. It's but, Dawson's Creek with monsters. Yeah. And that, that like I've never I've read through it and I've watched our pro- Sure. And I've seen so many times like it gets so deep and it's just like relit and lots of people and maybe it's just our groups of friends like relive. High school it, experiences? It, it's having seen other APs, it's not just our group. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like, so I feel like maybe people take it there and maybe it's an AP thing, like in a trying to take it to the, like the drama place, mm-hmm. um, you know, be dramatic for entertainment purposes. But I could totally approach it as as that. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'd love to do like a small little one. And I mean, there are some playbooks in that game, which I love. Yeah. But if you want to play a, not lighthearted, but mm-hmm. like a, a medium hearted game, I would avoid some playbooks. The Hollow, which Adam played on our is great. But trigger warning, it's a playbook about self-harm. Yeah, yeah. That's... And so there are those aspects, too. Like, you have to... What I really like about PBTA, not to get on another soapbox. I'm going to straddle soapboxes. Don't mind me. I'm here for Um, this newsletter. So (laughs) what I love about PBTA is if you know the IP, if you know the archetypes, you can literally look at each playbook and decide, what problem do I want my character to deal with? In Masks, it's super apparent. Do you want to deal with family bullshit? Play the legacy. Mm-hmm. Do you want to feel with deal with controlling your emotions and not letting them get out of hand? That's the Nova. Mm-hmm. You, like you can see that. You can also see that in Monster Hearts. Monster Hearts, where it does get a little edgy and rough to play, is it's literally what trauma do I want to deal with? Mm-hmm. Do I want to deal with self harm? Okay, that's the Hollow. Do I want to deal with drugs? That's the the one with the demon. I can't remember their name. Oh yeah, yeah. Do I want to deal with overwhelming? social pressures and needing to be perfect. That's the queen. You just have to look at them that way. Look at them through those lenses and then build your character. Yeah. It's then you can do it with really any PBTA, which is what I love so much about PBTA. And you gotta figure out if that's your kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like Kurt said, I see high school game and I see 80s games and I'm like, why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> like I was there. Yeah. I'm right. glad I'm not there. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other reason that I don't want to play this game is because it would unleash the ridiculous amount of knowledge I have about all these shows that mm-hmm. I'm sort of ashamed that I've spent so much mm. of my life watching. Not that I'm doing like a rewatch of like originals and legacies right now. Maybe. If you are interested in a light heart, because you said medium heart. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in a lighthearted high school or that kind of young adult, uh, just check out Lighthearted by yeah. a friend of and member of the Happy Jacks crew, Kurt Potts, and his his wonderful show game, Lighthearted. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait, I thought you were Kurt. No, yeah, the who, other Kurt. Who is the, the other Kurt again? No, he's the other Kurt. I thought he was the. Oh. Yeah, there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of Kurt. Okay, Jolene, your email has convinced me. I will try a Monster Hearts game for you. Let Adam run a Monster Hearts for you. Yes. Yes, we should do that. I imagine Adam would do a really good job. I don't think you understand that, yeah. A, that's where we met. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert. 100%. That's true. No, that's, yeah. But B, Adam and I first bonded, even before we started like dating, at least we were playing the game, over analyzing Riverdale episodes mm-hmm. as Monster Heart sessions. Uh, and you could literally see they just use that move. They're clearly playing that playbook. They just, <laughs> we talked about, and maybe one day when we're all retired and have all the money, 
which is never going to happen, but I can dream. We'll do a podcast where we go episode by episode and analyze each episode as if it were a Monster Hearts campaign. Amazing. That doesn't actually require a whole lot of money. So you're telling me I need to add Riverdale to our list of topics for our nerding out show? Maybe. For Patreon? Maybe. Okay. Okay. It's not a bad idea. Or or at least Monster Heart lensing. (laughs) There you go. Right. Oh, there it is. That's fun. I mean, they're not RPG topics. It's literally like Star Wars. Star Trek Voyager. I mean, yeah. yeah, but we already do a podcast about that game. If yeah. we're going to do that, we'll do it as a topic on this podcast. Fair enough. Otherwise, I'm just going to, like, bitch about Rings of Power for, like, 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really what this other show is oh. for. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, ready. No. I am ready. Oh, boy. All right. But, I, yeah. I think the, I, my two cents is it makes me sad when people say there's a game that they might like, but there's spaces they don't feel safe in them. <laughs> and... I felt that way about games. I've heard people say this about games, and it hurts my heart. I'd like to think there are communities around where you could find your folks and play it your way. And Jolene said she didn't want to play with her group. And maybe that was a joke. But No, I do think that makes sense. Like, I, I 100% understand that and mm-hmm. exactly what that means. I am much less stressed when I'm running a game for a con or something now. Mm. Because it's not a lasting thing. Like sometimes it's my ephemeral. friend, yeah. Sometimes my my friends sign up for it, but you know, if I'm playing in a game at a con, it's four hours. I think that there's a power dynamic that is totally different when you're running a game at a con, yeah. And then when you sit down and play at a game at a con, yeah. And well, and it's like you don't want to pee in the pool you swim in, right? So like, if you want to do these head, I'm, I was a swimmer. That's a thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By that rule, every pool then just has pee in it. Yeah. No, no. When you go to away meets, right? You pee. Yeah. Right, but then when you have people coming to your pool uh-huh. for as an away meet, and they're peeing yep. in your pool. Yeah, but yep. you don't know so every pool is pee. Yes, yep. that's and, what, and, and that's the, why chlorine exists. I know, but and the more the more strong the chlorine, <laughs> the, the <laughs> like, chlorine and the pneumonia is a bad mix. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, swim coaches don't let you get out of the pool. Oh, yeah. It's I, just expected. It was like, just a funny like. Yes. Yeah. Second step in that yeah, uh-huh. thought process oh, yeah. that was yeah. just made funny. No, no, you're, you're not wrong. Just yeah. Don't think about it too hard. Yeah, you just don't you just don't have it confirmed unless you're doing the peeing. So you just don't pee in the pool you swim in. But I mean you do, but also parts per billion. It's yeah, it's, it's mostly a dating pool thing, okay? It's like yeah. a dating pool comments. Like it's why I stopped dating people at Ren Fair. Our, our metaphors <laughs> are getting weird, but yeah, yeah. It's fine. for me. Okay. No judgment. Again, we're not easily <laughs> distracted or anything. Yeah. I promise. It, it, it's the advice that I got when I started doing fair of of don't it's the the odds are good but the goods are odd yeah well you just, when, when you're playing that's very good i'm mad i'll tell you off when, stream who told me that okay when you're playing in a, a game that's like monster hearts and it can have a lot of emotional reverberation playing with your real friends mm-hmm. can have lasting consequences yes. where ha- you don't have that long-term consequence most of the time with a convention game. So it's like, if I am playing just the absolute awful bitch and, you know, I'm the queen. Sorry, I'm stealing it for this particular. Yeah. You can borrow uh, it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's you not know. yours. Yeah, it's not mine. You can hold it for a minute. It's definitely, <laughs> definitely not mine. Frank, I think it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and I, I see something or I get really into character or if someone at the table is playing a character that is that's something mm-hmm. that they emotionally are attached to because it is like what their experience was in high school or something like that, 
it can really have profound impacts on like friendships. And that's true of any RPG. Mm-hmm. So I think like when you sit down and you play games with people who you want to have sustained relationships and are part of your real life, there is a bigger pressure there of doing well and having fun, but not at the expense of everyone else there. I mean, it, honestly, it doesn't even have to be limited to, to, to RPGs. There are two games, two board games I can think of where that absolutely applies. Yeah. One is Settlers of Catan. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My wife has literally seen people, not figuratively, literally flip table over yeah. Settlers of Catan. The mm-hmm. other one is Diplomacy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Diplomacy is a game you should only play with people that are your absolute best friends in the world mm-hmm. or people you will never see again in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these same aspects can be applied into these RPGs that, that go into the real, the deep shit. Yeah. Based on this conversation, I can see why it would actually be, or it could actually be safer mm-hmm. to try it in a con setting with total strength. Yeah. Um, and like, and also like Jolene said, you can get up yeah, and just yeah. fucking leave. That's like, part of the same. If you're hating it <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm out and yeah. you just leave, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to go to the bathroom and take all my things with me. Like mm-hmm. at a con table, it's not a big deal. If you walk out of like a friend's game, like absolutely everybody has the right to do that. And open door policy is important. But a lot of times if you walk out of a friend's game, there is things you have to deal with after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully you have a open door policy where you can just kind of be like, okay, you decided to leave at that moment. It's too much. But sure. for most people, they're going to want to like at least check in a little bit later and be like, hey, what's up, et cetera. So right. yes, the dowager was my queen bitch moment. I was so mean to Jason in that game. Oh man. I, we were playing, uh, I said this a couple episodes ago. I don't know if any of you were here, but we were playing Good Society. Good Society. Oh. And I was like, he was playing, I don't know, the... I don't know, there's a pretty girl character, I forget, and I was the dowager who was like her aunt, mm-hmm. and I, she was unmarried, and I just was like eviscerating Jason for like three hours of this con game, just insulting every imaginary dress he was wearing, and like <laughs> all his attitudes, and why he wasn't married, like, like wow. luckily Jason was not playing, like if Jason had been playing a character like closer to himself, sure. And I had gotten that into it because I was really enjoying it. <laughs> I had brought out my inner Maggie Smith and I was rocking that shit <laughs> so fucking and when hard. You get on that high, it's hard it's to get so off. Fun. When you're I, on a roll. Oh man, I had the giant fan and I was it just like. sounds like she almost did oh off on it. I, did, I mean, not quite like that, but like <laughs> it was super fun. Yeah. But like I can see how if someone is playing a character close to themselves, it would yeah. be hurtful and harmful. Yeah. So it's, it's rough. I, I typically don't recommend self-inserting your character into games, even for fun and profit. We, <laughs> my group, my group game, my my home game, which loved them all. They were all members of my wedding party. We decided one night we were going to play a Force and Destiny mm-hmm. TTRPG, uh, Fantasy Flight, a Star Wars RPG, and we decided we were going to do self, basically ourselves as Jedi, which like okay seems fine nope. and seems fine enough. And so you get to part of the character creation is you have to basically pick your virtues and your vices. Mm. And we had had just enough alcohol <laughs> to decide that true serum. We were going to let Everybody the group yeah. assign yeah. your virtues yeah. and vices. Oh no! Oh wow! Danger, Will Robinson. It was danger. <laughs> then we drank so much we had to forget what we said because <laughs> it got it got rough yeah. uh, all around. All around, it got rough. Again, we went in with the best of intentions, and then we literally just set ourselves up to eviscerate each other. So don't. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, I mean, and and that's that's one of the things we talked about. Or I don't know if it was in this show or something else I was talking about, but oftentimes people who are very new to gaming to RPGs, right. they will play someone very close to themselves mm-hmm. the first time, or mm-hmm. aspirational, or aspirational yeah. version of themselves. And I think it was the last time I was on, or or the mm-hmm. previous, where in a tabletop setting that is dangerous. In yeah. a LARP setting, that's damn near inviting suicide i mean it's a mm-hmm. really bad idea i want to say it depends on the game it does but and it also depends on the person and the group always it does but it because there's just this verisimilitude in larp right. that doesn't there's an abstract in in rolling dice and right playing uh, somebody on graph paper that doesn't exist in larp it can be really really dangerous on the other hand some people come through it with flying colors so it, your mileage may vary I think you always have to be aware of it, though. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, and I do think it's always, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Okay. I cannot believe that with your group. Oh, yeah. Wild. Oh, oh, my God. We had just enough alcohol. Like, this is a good idea. Oh, this will be fine. No. We're good. This will be oh, so much fun. We're the no. best friends. Oh. Oh. And, like, the vices are literally like the seven oh. deadly sins. Like, it was like, now I'm super curious about what everyone else would say about me now. Like, I no, don't think... No, that's no, why... No, that's, no, the, no, no, that's the danger. No, no that's, I'm not falling into that trap. That's the siren song where it's like, I'll probably be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. I'm interested. Like, this will be a fun experiment. No. It'll be great. Yeah. No. What could go wrong? And then it all went wrong. Yeah. I introduced hey, you to your husband. You How much trap over there, Mo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay away from the pit trap, yeah. Mo. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you are... <laughs> All right. Oof. Oh God, that's amazing. I can't, I want to hear all of this. Off screen. <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us for season thirty-two, episode ten of the Happy Jacks RPG podcast. Please remember to go vote for our amazing entries in the Ennies this year. I'm sorry, nominees in the Ennies this year. Again, that's Decima for best aid accessory. Wild non-digital. C- yeah, non-digital. Correct. Thank you. Wild Sea for best writing and Carbon Gray for best production values. And you can vote until July 23rd. Also support our Indie Designer of the Month, Allison. You can find her games at drizillion.itch.io. Thank you to our chat mod, James V, and to our amazing Patreons who keep us ad-free and independent. Yay. You can go to happyjacks.org slash Patreon to join their incredible ranks. Um, also, please be aware we've completely revamped our Patreon. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, please go log in and check it out. We should do that. Yeah, you need to make some choices and like up your thing because we're going to a monthly subscription rather than a per release subscription so yeah just go read there's a whole bunch of information go check your account my name is kimmy i'm joey my name is kurt i'm mo and this week we're going to leave you with a song named the something of captain black something nailed it nailed it (laughs) oh 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 uh, the ballad uh, of captain black i I, I was gonna uh, oh yeah do you think so uh sportive tricks is doing a show in seal beach at hennessy's tavern on july 29th for those of you in the Southern California area, it, it, our downbeat is at eight o'clock and we should be playing for about three hours. There's no cover. They just renovated the place. So we're looking forward to seeing how, what kind of actual stage space we have <laughs> compared to previously. But yeah, come on down to Hennessy's in Seal Beach on July 29th and uh, come see Supportive Tricks play. Yeah. And today we're going to leave you with an amazing song called The Company of Captain Black. It's by the world-famous Poxy Boggarts. Hey! Hey. You know that band. I do know that band. I don't know this song. (laughs) 
And uh, yeah, it's actually about Bill Roper, who's Captain Black. So. About Bill Roper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's off the new one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's off no. the way old oh, one. Way old one. Okay. It's way old. Oh, it's like the mind. first one. Oh, okay. How old yeah. is it? It's so old. It's like, like old enough <laughs> to have go. listeners younger than this song. Yes, many, many listeners. We have boggards younger than this song. Oh, that's yeah. true, actually. It's, it's an old song. All right. Enjoy. Goodbye. RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song is played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts. Mm-hmm.